We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts. I am joined, as always, by the ubiquitous Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday as we're recording yeah. this. Ty, do you have any fun Super Bowl plans? Uh, I'm going to watch it, have a couple of beers, um, wait for the Bucks to somehow make me work during it by dropping some some buyout news or something, but otherwise just going to enjoy it at, at home. What about yeah, you? It's pretty, pretty chill, pretty chill. See what yeah. happens. I'm not like, I'm not going to make an event out of it. I never do. It's just like, yeah. whatever. I mean, I'll see what happens. I have other things I need to do. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward you get- to it though. I'm excited yeah, it should be for good. this year's more who than you, Who are you more. rooting for? The Bengals. Yeah, yeah, same. What's your score okay. prediction? Okay, score prediction. See, they're fun, aren't they? Yeah, they're uh, great. I gotta, I tweeted if you're listening to this after the Super Bowl, just uh, let us know how close Just skip this part. Or just appreciate that we're going to nail it <laughs> and say that it's Bengals 35, Rams 27. I got Bengals 45, Rams 41. Oh, okay. I, I, I get, I, you know, I, I'm probably going to be wrong. And now that I say this, it's going to be like 11 to eight or something. But I just get like, and it might even be one where it's like 21, 21 or something like going into the fourth quarter. And then we just get like an insane fourth quarter. Like the, the Bengals seem to not be able to play a normal game. So I'm, I'm excited. I hope, I just hope it's a good game. I mean, if the Bengals lose, I won't be heartbroken. I just hope it's better than the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl, which I drove an hour through intense fog, probably an hour and a half, to Milwaukee to watch it with Numak, who's friend of the show, uh, sometimes, and, and except when he's acting up in, in the chat. But it was like the worst Super Bowl, dude. I was like, I need to drive home after this. Like, I, it's, uh, that was a t- Patriots Rams was such a bad Super Bowl. So please be better than that. That's all I ask. 
It's a low bar. It's it a, it a should low be. Bar. It should be. It's shaping up to be a good one. And you know what, Todd? This is a terrible segue. I'm not going to make a segue. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to the Substack. Leave a five-star rating and review. Ty, let's get into this episode. Yeah, let's do it. We're here to talk about buyout options. So the Bucks swung a, a huge trade. I mean, for the Bucks, maybe not NBA landscape-wide, but bringing in Serge Ibaka, sending out Dante DiVincenzo, Rodney Hood, Shemi Ojale, and also bringing in two second-round picks, which they had elected. And cash. And cash. $3.8 million, I think. I saw five somewhere. No, I think that's – is it five? No, five is the maximum, I think. They think they brought in 3.8. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, th- uh, I think it's a little it's a little fuzzy on how much the cash was. It's a little fuzzy. Um, great, great, great description. But – they did that. So, and and my my take was they're going to add to this trade to bring in a wing player before the end of the deadline. They did not. So they had two open roster spots. It'll be three whenever Greg Monroe's ten day expires, or if he's waived before that, it doesn't really make a difference. I don't. The Bucks maybe play one more game before it, it expires, but you, Serge Ibaka is in town now, so I don't think Monroe is going to be a part of the rotation anyway. And now there's plenty of time now that Ibaka's in Milwaukee to take new pictures. <laughs> sure should, we, let's, should we touch on that oh real quick? God. No, no, because I don't even want to no. give it's not worth it. Just uh for I'll I'll say something. Okay. Uh everyone was not everyone, Raptors fans were very, very upset that the Bucks tweeted a picture of Serge Ibaka wearing his massive scarf. Uh for some reason, just for some reason. I think it was uh, the watermark that got him. And I kind of do understand that. But like whatever. Like, no, here, here's my take on this because now you made me talk about it. I didn't want to. I I think it was it, the, putting a watermark on it is weird because it's clearly not their picture. Like I I just think that is like weird energy. But of course, it being Raptors Twitter, something that you know, if I saw it, I'd be like, oh, oh, oh this is dumb. They're just like incensed and like, oh my god, get your own memes, just steal it from the Raptors. Blah 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 blah. Thousand quotes, thousand replies. Just like really. This is like, is th- is this what you're upset about? You, right you could make this. You could make your day into anything, and this is what you're choosing to focus your energy on. I, I don't get it, but oh well. But yeah, there should be plenty of Serge Ibaka content coming soon. But you're right; they did not uh, get a wing player, and unfortunately, we did get news that Pat Connaughton yeah. broke a finger. Four. Uh, yeah, this is ring finger. Yeah, ring finger on his shoe. Even hand. posted. Yeah, on his shooting end, he put a video up on Twitter and Instagram of him breaking his finger, like the play where he did, which was just hilarious. What did he, uh, what did he put with it? What's the caption? I don't even remember what it I was. I missed it's something about pain. He's uh, used to it, man. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just like walk it off or whatever he does this when is, he gets kicked uh, in the face. Yeah, I was going to say, this is why he usually tries to just take it to the face because it's less important for basketball than the finger. <laughs> to an extent. Yeah, but... Uh, even though the Bucks have not given a timeline, surprise, surprise, <laughs> uh, for when he is supposed to return, based on the type of injury, it is going to be a little bit, at least yeah. probably four weeks. Four to six weeks is what I'm seeing most. So that, again, sometime in March, which also is the new not official Brook Lopez timeline because we found out via Brook himself that it was a disc operation. The way he put it, Sounds so gruesome. I'm sure the, the medical name is nice and sanitary. He goes, yeah, they shaved a bit off a disc. I was like, Jesus, that doesn't sound fun at all. Um, but 
and I'll let you talk more here because you obviously know more about the injuries and stuff than I do. But my read on that was, and people have all these timelines now. It's looking like hopefully sometime in March as well, although we don't know the, the particulars and exactly what happened or, of course, exactly how the recovery has gone. But this sounds like, as far as back surgery goes, probably like what you would hope for if there has to be a back surgery. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, it's just, uh, it, it was to fix like a bulging disc. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on what exactly type of surgery happened. I don't want to get it was shaving wrong. a bit off is the technical term, according to Brooke. <laughs> I love how in the story, this is from uh, Eric Nain's story at the athletic, by the way, uh, just about like, uh, he's saying, Hey, can I, can I talk about this? Is Bucks PR going to let me talk about it? Well, here's what, I, well, here's what happened. No, anyway. He said, he said ah, I don't care. I'll talk. Sure. We could have known Brooke. this whole time. If anyone found Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone just found Brooke on the street, it's like, Hey, what type of surgery did you have? I don't know if I could say this, but here's, here's what happened anyway. But uh, it's just, it's looking to be something around like uh, a four month recovery, just where you're like, you can start to ramp up physical activity, which matches the timetable of him going on the West coast road trip to LA to go check in with the doctor who uh, performed the surgery, which is why he was on that West coast road trip, which means he is potentially starting to ramp up basketball activities and should be back on the court potentially in around a month. So uh, Pat Conson, Brooke Lopez, both looking at around speculating a mid-March sort of return to basketball with the Bucks, which does leave, especially with Pat Compton. We know Brooks been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, they got, they already got a big, they got yep. surge. They, their, their wing rotation is really thin right now, especially with Pat gone. Yeah, no, it's, it's a problem. And I, I will say, I think, and we'll get into buyout options right after this. I just think setting the stage was important, but you know, I, I've seen a lot of like sentiment of, oh, if only they had known. I, I mean, it would, obviously the best case is Pat doesn't get hurt. But if they had known Pat was going to get hurt before the deadline, you hold on to Dante. I would hope not because I just don't think Dante was very good. I, I would hope what the reaction would have been different was, oh, we will get a wing player as part of this deal. And I think obviously everyone knows my favorite permutation would have been you throw in Jordan Wara and a couple of their seven seconds, and you take back Kenrich Williams. Which I think, if they if they had been able to do that, then you're then you're sitting pretty good right now. I, I think the the need for buyouts is certainly much less. However, they didn't do that. They didn't bring in anyone. Wara got an expanded role against the Suns, like it's been all season. Just inconsistent minutes. Um, I think he'll probably get more chances just because. You know, at least in the very short term, the Bucks kind of just have to as they wait for the buyout market to develop. But there's a need for just another scorer in general off the bench and certainly for more wing players. Now that the bench wing, it's like Wes Matthews and Wes Matthews. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> and, bench yeah. wing rotation. Yeah, and especially like Dante and Pat, just getting back to that a little bit, that discourse it's just it's flawed in the sense that one, like you said, Dante was not very good <laughs> this season, and that's putting it lightly. And two, they just played totally, totally different roles. Like, is Dante gonna play the four and like box out fives? Is he gonna is he gonna do that? Is he gonna be like a slasher? Is he gonna get to the rim? Is he gonna shoot well? I mean, slasher Westbrook. You get that meme? No. Oh, it's a it's a TikTok thing. That's why. It's a funny sound. Anyway, 
Um, he might get to the rim. We just don't know what'll happen then. Exactly. Exactly. Like he'll he'll get there and then it'll somehow go out of bounds and in like the fifth row of the seats. And it's like, oh, you were just going for a finger roll. Okay. Uh, but uh, at least Pat's a capable finisher. So no, that that logic is a little bit flawed. Dante was not going to take any of Pat's minutes. And if it was, it's not going to be anywhere close to uh to what Pat was providing to this team because they're just different, completely different players. Yeah, uh, agree. So okay, let's let's talk about buyout guys. Um, I think for our format here, what we're going to do is take turns throwing out a name and then we'll both opine on how likely the player is to get bought out. I think two players have been released officially or at least reported to for sure get released since the trade deadline. Only two. So we're going to talk about more than two guys, but for a lot of them, they might not even get bought out in the first place. So it's not a great list anyway. And that's even before accounting for the fact that 50% 50% more of the guys we're going to talk about don't even get released. That That's inc- that's very likely. So, yeah, the Bucks, whoever does get released, they're going to need to have, make some persuasive pitches, which I do think probably isn't too hard, right? I mean, you basically slide in as, like, the temporary seventh guy on a contending team with a chance to earn playoff minutes. Like, And they've done it before. Yeah. Marv. Like Marvin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Pau Gasol. Yeah. Who else? I think that's about it. Most of their midseason moves are trades. I mean, they got Wes and Boogie and then gave them up, but nobody was really after those guys. Yeah. They would be now. And Wes, Wes was saying he was only going to come to the Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it makes it easier. Okay, first name. The obvious place to start, Goran Dragic, the, one of the two guys who is going to get bought out. The other is Drew Eubanks, who I don't know if we'll talk about. It's unfortunate that the Bucks only traded for a big. The big buyout market actually seems pretty solid, um, but Eubanks probably not a consideration. But Goran Dragic, who went to watch Heat Nets last night, uh, has been working out in Miami. People are worried he may be a sleeper agent if he does come to the Bucks. I'm not worried about that, but I am worried about there's a lot of competition. I think he's clearly the best name to at least to for sure get bought out. You know, what are your thoughts on Dragic and do you think the Bucs have a shot here? I think the Bucs definitely have a shot. I think Woj yesterday, Saturday, uh, reported that the Lakers are interested, the uh, the Bucs, the Clippers, uh, who else is on that list? The Nets. Uh, we're Warriors. all interested. The Warriors. The Bulls. Uh, we're all interested. Yeah. Did I say the Clippers? Yeah, I, don't I think, think the they are. are. Oh, were they on that yeah, list? Yeah, I think they're on the list. Uh, so basically a lot of contenders plus the Clippers were on that list uh, and the Lakers. And Lakers yeah. <laughs> um, they they were on that list of uh, teams who were trying to sign Goran Dragic, uh, assuming this buyout with the Spurs goes well, which all indications are that it will, and he will be a free agent. He is, like you said, he is definitely the best name on this list. And uh, like you said, he's just been in Miami. He played five games in Toronto this season. Uh, there was this clip floating around uh, a couple days ago where it's just like him really speaking up, trying to rally like the Raptors players and stuff. And then no one was listening to him. And then he was just gone. Like you, you, you can understand, yeah. uh, especially with the early season struggles. Went, went Toronto, for the yeah. full Dinwiddie. Yeah. <laughs> Attempted a Dinwiddie. Didn't work. It did not work. Goran Dragic, much better than Spencer Dinwiddie. He yes. is a, he's a very good player. He's a very good player. He's a good decision maker. Uh, he's capable with the ball in his hands. He's been a decent shooter, uh, this season in his five games, it's not a good sample, but before 
Uh, last season in Miami, 37% from three. The season before, 37 Like, he's a consistently good shooter. He's a consistently good decision maker. He can get the ball into tight angles. He's a good passer. Just a really, really solid player. Like, he, Bucks fans know that he's killed the Bucks in the past. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the guy going off is not Jimmy Butler. It's not Bam Adebayo. It's Goran Dragic. Like, he's the guy you have to worry about. So if you can get a guy like him, especially on here where you already have a capable backup point guard in George Hill, just adding more depth to that guard rotation, that'd be incredible. Incredible. Like, you don't need to rely on Dragic to be like a, like a high-profile scoring guard or anything, or even like a starter. You have Drew Holiday. You have Grayson Allen. He's just like a solid, solid backup. And I know, I know, people are upset. He's he's had some dirty plays in the past, especially against the Bucks. Would you rather have that player on your team or facing your team? Yeah, That's my question. And I think for the, the sleeper agent combo, it's like, does a 35-year-old longtime vet want to win a ring or inspire a new genre of Heat fanfic? And I feel like the answer is pretty obviously win a ring. Um, Dragic is just like... And, you know, I've seen some people have replied to me sharing how much I would like the Bucks to sign Goran Dragic with, like, George Hill has been good. You don't understand. And like, first of all, I talk about George Hill being important connective tissue, like, every chance I get. I do understand. Yeah, you're just not listening to the pop. Yeah, or just or people don't even read the full tweet. They see, like, two words. They just reply. It's like, that, that has nothing to do with my point. I, that's my least favorite thing about Twitter is people just, like, they just like will just argue with uh, like a point that you didn't make, and I'm just like, what do you want me to do here? Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna just I, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think he would be a great George Hill compliment because the Bucks need that consistent scoring from the bench. I think those two could play together very easily. Like, I don't think it's a, a question of like, oh, you want to get Dragic and then not play George Hill. No, I want to play both. Like. Then you basically have Wes and Pat as more of forwards and those two as more of guards, which honestly may be what you just have to do at this point, given the other options out there on the wing. I mean, we'll talk about some wing players, but the options are not great. And I think I'd rather play a little smaller than you'd, than you'd like, but play at good players than try to play a wing player who just sucks. And we learned that, that that's a better option from watching Rodney Hood and Shemi Ojale this year. Don't see, don't lump big don't lump Big Rod in there. I'm a he I'm was, still upset. He was barely playable. I'm upset. Shemi was not playable. But still, it's like they just they didn't want to play Hood because he wasn't that good. They wouldn't play Shemi because he was terrible. Like I would rather play small. And like if my bench is hopefully Bobby at some point, because Brooke is starting, and then you know, four guys who the biggest is Pat Connaughton, I think you can live with that. I think you can live with that. You stagger the minutes of your bigger guys as much as possible. But I think you can figure it out, especially if you have Giannis and Brooke back to be that back line. I think they can make up for some of that size loss. I I think I'd rather have more talent there than try and go for fit if fit means a player who I never want to play in a big game. And I, I wouldn't mind Dragic playing a little bit in a big game. I think he's still got enough in the tank. You could see him close games, honestly. Potentially, like, yeah, yeah. If he looks good. Spot. And I know I've heard he stayed in very good shape. He's you know. he's that type of guy. He's capable of doing that. Like, I don't understand the animosity. Like, okay, I understand the animosity. But in, in terms of, like, not wanting the, him on this team, he'd be great on this he'd team. Be a, he'd you'd be just, perfect, like, yeah. like you said, 
Talent matters. You want more good players on your basketball team. Goran Dragic, it's the best available player. And like, it, it makes sense. Just as simple as that. Yeah. So fingers crossed, really. I mean, it seems, it seems like the Mavericks were the shoe in. Then they did the terrible Spencer Dinwiddie Davis Bertans trade, and now that seems like it's it's taken a back burner. And obviously, if you're not aware, Dragic Slovenian, Luka Doncic Slovenian, they played on the national team together. Those two are very close. And the isn't Igor on the Mavs staff? Oh, is is Kokoskov on this staff? Maybe. So then I think another he might tie. Be. Um, although the Slovenian connection doesn't always matter in team building, the. Uh, Phoenix Suns hired Igor Kokoskov to run the team and still didn't draft Luka Doncic. Could you imagine? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic? I no, mean, just, they, I see that's a butterfly effect. They probably don't trade for Chris Paul. Why not? Because you have Luka and Devin Booker. Who cares? I don't know. I'd say, I'd say probably don't do that. I, it worked out pretty well for the Suns. It could have worked out better. Yeah, they could have won that title, but yeah. guess what? They didn't. The Bucks yeah, did. Get, did. Also, like, are the Suns okay? Like, they they act like they won the title after they beat the Bucks. Uh, that's what you have to do. We've been there. Twenty-four ha- shirts. To? Yeah, but that's that was for a team that didn't make the postseason time. I don't know. This team is coming off a of files. I'm not gonna. Come they're on. fun. They're fun. They're, they're act like, no, they're fun. No, I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna let. Act like you've been there, though. They haven't. They went to the finals. It's not the same. True. I don't okay. have any expectations. The Suns should have fun. I, I I can't get upset about any of this. Javale McGee saying we dogs. Sure, go ahead. I mean, it's they, like, wait, he said that. Yeah, he said like we are dogs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I just I don't care. They're a good team. They should have fun. Win they're gonna, something. They're gonna lose to the Bucks again in the finals. Okay, who's your next buyout option? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, next buyout option is someone who's already a free agent, uh, part of the massive trade uh, between the uh, 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, and that's DeAndre Bembry. Yeah, who was waived was, by the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, I'm gonna to let you go, her. but this was the one guy where I was gonna say this: there's no wing that is gonna be better than Dragic, or like at least, you know, like the weird plot of like better fit, worse player, but it it's be- works out better. He's like the one guy who I was like, well, maybe that would be better than playing super small. I don't know what plot you're talking about. My brain okay. just don't even just 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 go. Just don't try to decipher <laughs> how I think about things. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, he's started a lot of games for the Nets, and give, but given uh, the Nets have had to start a lot of players because they've had players in and out of the lineup uh, completely for their own control, uh, no matter what they want to say. <laughs> uh, he's a he's a solid three point shooter. Allegedly, I think he's a fake three point shooter. I'll get into that. Uh, this year it's good, right? But career not so much. This year, he's shooting 41.7% from three on 0.8 attempts per game. That's fake numbers. Fake numbers. Super, super look, fake. Yeah. Look, last season with the Raptors, 26.4% from three on one attempt per game. Season before that, 23.1% from three on one and a half attempts, 28.9%. And then he had a one year of 367 And then his rookie year, 0.056. Yeah. Or 5.6%. Yeah, that's on like less than 80 attempts. But yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm with you. That he's a fake. It's a, he's a fake shooter. He's a fake shooter for sure. Although, I mean, it'd be nice if he could shoot, but I think the assumption should be he's a fake shooter. Yeah, it, like the the draw here is he's a good wing. He's uh, what is he six five? He's got a plus wingspan. He's a uh, he's a great defender, tenacious defender. That's the plus. That's that's the draw here. You're looking for someone who's going to D up. You're not looking for someone who's like expected to be a great three point shooter, which is what scares me. That's what scares me, because it's like if all DeAndre Bembry is doing on offense is just standing in the corner. That's bad. That's not. Yeah, good. But that, I mean, you look at that's not the shooting number I care about. The last season, 59 percent from two this year, 60 percent from two. And he takes triple the shots this year. It's more like quadruple the shots from two that he does three, this guy scores super efficiently within the arc. And I think as long as the Bucks don't try to make him only a shooter, like they did basically with PJ, which hopefully that's a lesson learned now, looking at how good he's been in Miami with more role. I think you need to get guys involved more offensively, um, or at least in different ways, not just in the one way. I think he contributes a lot there. And he's a good passer too. He's a guy who hovers around two assist turnover ratio most seasons i think his career is not that good but i think it's something he added more later on but you look at i mean he had a three or no he had a 2.5 assist per game season this year he's at 1.3 and less usage but only 0.6 turnovers like i think he's a pretty good passer i think he's kind of i, I look at him a little bit of of the george like a bigger george hill in terms of i think he's kind of connective tissue but I think just having a wing who can defend and do something on offense would be a huge win considering the state of the buyout market. Yeah, just he's definitely the, probably as of right now the best available wing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but uh, he's you know, just a guy. I'm surprised Brooklyn waived him. Honestly, like I think he fit in really well there. You look at their roster, and it's like there was really no one else they could have 
Maybe not. I mean, oh, this is Blake Blake. Yeah, I would have. I would have been interested there too, unless after surge. But I think Bembry's been better for the Nets than Blake has. I think Blake uh, has been a little bit better lately, so maybe they're just rolling the dice that that continues, and then you know, I mean, here's the other thing though: they really need. Oh, I guess no, they got Drummond. I was gonna say they need Bigs, but they got Drummond, so no, they don't. They really don't. Um, let's talk about another guy who got shipped off and probably will get waived as part of that trade. Paul Millsap. Are you interested at all in him anymore? Or for me, is he it's, getting waived? It's he's on a lot of lists. People think the Sixers might look to get a different kind of a different guy with that roster spot. I guess we'll see. I wouldn't be interested anyway. I think he's cooked no, in more of a five. No. That was that was a bad take of mine in the. Uh, off season, last off season, I really wanted Paul Millsap on this team. Yeah, uh, I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe he doesn't even get waived. But if he does, I'm not like. There's a bunch of wash centers on a lot of people's lists. I don't really care anymore. I, I think also I want to say I'm changing my take from the deadline pod. I don't think this trade anymore was as much about roster spots as it was Surge. I think the Bucks like Surge because I think I think they do too. I, I think there's intel. I think they have more intel than us, and that's like. There was a Pau Gasol rumor that like, oh, the Bucks talked to Pau and, and everyone, Mark, oh my God, what? Huh? Mark or Mark, Gasol. sorry. Yeah, Mark. Pau's probably still playing in the G League or something right now. Pau is addicted to basketball. Mark is like, I'm, I'm good. Um, but there, oh, there was a reaction like, oh, why did we give up all this stuff for Surge if Mark Gasol? And I was like, they clearly talked to Mark first. So either Mark wasn't coming over or they weren't as excited about Mark. But I don't think they like – I don't think Mark called them back two seconds after they called in the surge trade. They're like, oh, darn, we could have had Mark. Like, they know more than us about the state of these guys. The Bucks teams reach out to guys who are available to gauge interest, see what they want to do, et cetera. Like, I, I, I think Mark probably just isn't going to come over then or they weren't as interested. But I think they like surge a lot, and I think they're excited to have another drop-capable big on the roster. Yeah, I think so, too. It's just uh... – I think, like, again, everyone needs to temper their expectations. I'm going to say this, but uh, he's he's not prime Serge Ibaka, not even close no, to prime I, I, Serge Ibaka. I not even like two people, years ago. I don't know if many people expect that. I don't know. The Bucks are posting Thunder highlights of him. Like, it's <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I, I don't know what people are expecting at this point, but he's not Thunder Serge. He's not even Raptors Serge anymore. Like Raptor surge was really good. Like he's not the Bucks fans oh know that. God. What he's really good over his last three games. He yeah, had a three twenty games. point game. Yeah, it's it's a very very small sample. It is. Ty, I mean, Ty, don't 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 feed into what I'm trying to dispel. No, I, I didn't even think the production was like this. I didn't. He's had multiple seventeen point games. He's still useful. Yeah, he's still useful. That's the point I'm trying to make here. He's not going to be like a high high impact player, but he's useful and he's big. And he's capable of playing drop. That's what people should expect. Yeah. 14 and 8. They're 13.7, 8.7 over his last three games. Two starts. Good nice. Surge. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, one of those was against the Bucks. I barely remember him in that game. 7.7 7 boards. Having a consistent score or rebounder, and consistent score meaning like around 10 if he plays a lot of minutes, will just be really nice off the bench. And I think we'll, we saw that with Boogie and a little bit with Moose until the Phoenix game, the wheels just fell off. Okay. Um, I said Millsap, who's next on your buyout list? I mean, here's a name that I just wanted to talk about, but not as a 
buyout option, and that's Eric Bledsoe. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. In the sense that we talked about him, you especially uh, talked about Eric Bledsoe as a potential option for this team uh, uh, as a bio candidate. Doesn't really seem like he's getting bought out based on the uh, comments made by whoever is running the show. In Joe Portland Cronin. Yeah. Do you have the Do you have the exact quote? Uh, no, I had it up earlier. It, they basically said they're not going to buy him out. Yeah. So, which stinks for the Bucks because I still, again, it's the same as Dragic. There's a lot of people who are just ardently against this and, okay, kick rocks. Like, he can play. He would be super useful just to have a productive player next to Hill who's going to score a little more just because Hill's scoring is inconsistent. And, um, oh, well, not happening. Say lovey. Say lovey. Okay. okay. Um, let's get to the other, I think, probably target people are most excited about, um, which actually might still happen, Gary Harris, who, funny enough, like Gary Harris early this season looked cookeder than cooked and then really got it together starting about a month or so ago, I think, and played really well, like, you know, comparatively uh, over that span. And I think now he looms as probably the best Wing option, wing-ish option. I guess I guess maybe Bembry, one of those two. Um, very different players. Harris would be more more of the two, three, just production. I mean, 11 points per game. That's more than Bembry would score. Got himself up to 38% from deep after, you know, his first Orlando year. Actually, it was that 36. Later in Denver, he could not hit threes at all. But shot 50% from two. Not really, you know, a passer. Two assists, not bad. Two rebounds, okay. But just having a guy who could score and hit threes off the bench like that at that volume would be really nice for the Bucks. Yeah. Gary Harris so far in the month of February, 50% on threes and 6.4 attempts per game. Very small sample, but very good. And a good defender as well. Yes. Yes. That's always been the trademark of Gary Harris ever yeah. since he like the tail end of Denver plus in Orlando after the Aaron Gordon trade. It's just like, okay, this guy can play defense, but he just he can't like throw a stone in the ocean right now. It's just like he can't he can't hit anything. But now yeah. if he's starting to find a shot again, that's where it's like, oh, this is this is the Gary Harris that we remember from that like one season where he was super, super good and then Yeah. No, I think Harris would be would you be more excited about Dragic or Harris? Or Bembry? Ooh. Rank them. So I think those are probably gonna be our top three. We'll go through more. We'll see if another one excites us. Um Bembry's definitely three. Yeah. I think Dragic is one. I'm kind of torn. I think, I think Drag Dragic is the best player. Dragic is the best player, but Probably. Harris is the better fit. Yeah, and I am a little worried about Dragic holding up. I know he's in good shape, but he is just old. And I think Harris being a little younger would be nice. Although you're probably not keeping either. Oh, you never know. Never say never. I mean, but, he's, he's almost 36, Dragic. Yeah, and then Gary old. Harris is... 27. So. Yeah, that's a big, big difference. I mean, injuries can be random, and Harris has dealt with injuries too. But um, Dragic obviously missed some postseason time last year. Was that 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 was important, or two years ago, or I think both actually. Um, so you know, I think I might. Leave. It was two years ago. It was the finals run for the Heat. What did he play every? Did oh did he did he just get back from injury and he wasn't the same last year? Uh, no, he was fine last year. I sure? think so because he was he was making dirty plays on Chris. 
Well, I mean, yeah, you don't have to be fully healthy to, I mean, that's the, it's the shot part that's more concerning, I think. Yeah, but I think his major injuries occurred two seasons ago in the bubble. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I know that was a big deal of why they couldn't play. Oh yeah. He was back for, for a while. He did miss some, some pretty significant time last year too, but it was before playoffs. Okay. Um, but I think I would slightly go Harris Dragic, um, but I'd be really happy getting one of those two. I think. Can you imagine if they got both? It's possible. And I know that's what people are saying right now in, into the, into their headphones is just get both. Why not both? That'd be amazing. I think it's hard to get the top two buyout guys in a given year, but that if they if Harris does get bought out, that would be phenomenal. I mean, the the problem there and why I think they won't get both is, you know, probably hard to sell them on playing on a bench with each other and Wes and Pat, presumably when he gets healthy, and George when he gets healthy. And Thanasis. And Thanasis. I think Thanasis should play more, to be honest. And Bobby. Like, I, I bet they kind of look at each other and go, this town's probably only big enough for one of us. Although maybe they both bet on themselves being a guy who makes it into the, the closing line. Or they anyway. just both want to win a ring. Get an A on the group project, yeah. Yeah, or it's like we can both contribute and increase our chances of getting a ring, you know? Yeah, I mean, that'd be awesome. I think getting both, getting all three of them in Bembry, it's like, oh my God. That's, if you need, that's if either Gary Harris or Goran Dragic need pitches, just send, send them our details. Like, yeah. Just get in touch. We'll yeah. we'll make good pitches. Exactly. We we are good at that. Um, no, but I, I I guess we did, didn't we? Pitch Giannis in our mailbag, and then he did resign. Exactly. We're one exactly. for one. We're one for one on pitches. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So we we did that. You're all welcome. But I think one of those three, I'd be happy. One of Dragic Harris, I'd be very happy. Two of those three, or I'll say one of Dragic Harris and Bembry. That feels like a 10 out of 10. All three feels like 11 out of 10. Yeah. I think you could get all three. You could. I don't think, I think they'll probably just. One of them is not playing if you're getting all three. I think it's a 10 out of 10 buyout market if you get one of Harris, uh, one of, I was going to say like Harris Dragic and then also Bembry. I think that is the perfect. I think here's, here's my rating. Here's my rating. I think it's an eight out of 10 if you get Bembry. I think it's a 10 out of 10 if you get, or a 9 out of 10 if you get one of uh, Dragic or Harris. I think it's a 10 out of 10 if you get one of Dragic, Harris, plus Bembry. And then it's just like galaxy brain or universe brain if you get all three of them. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be it'd be actually insane. Um, Bucks, like you said. People would be yeah looking into the Bucks for tampering again. You know, it's like, <laughs> are, are we is this Gordon? fair for is the, the league? Is thing done? Are they looking at this? I have no idea. He clearly tampered like crazy. Oh, 100%. Like, they, I, I hope they do something. I mean, Nets send a memo, and Daryl Morey loves – oh, no, that's the other side. Never mind. There won't be a memo sent. Daryl Morey will send a preemptive anti-tampering memo. All right, let's run through some other names. I think those are our top did you three. see? Did you see his tweet exchange? No. Uh, with uh, um, uh, who's the current uh, GM of the Rockets? Raphael Stone? Yeah. Uh, someone related to him was tweeting about, like, in the – I think he was, I think it was his wife or something. Raphael Stone's wife was tweeting like, oh, just something like sitting in his office or something. And then Daryl Morey replied, uh, did they ever fix the hole that I made in the wall? <laughs> and then they replied like, yeah, it was the easiest thing to fix since you've been gone. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus. Um, that's fun. Okay. Some other guys. Um, John Wall. John Wall. Yeah. 
he's a he's a name he was rumored to be uh in a potential trade at the deadline with the Lakers. I believe it was Chris Haynes who reported that uh, the Lakers turned down a, uh, or no, was it the Lakers? Yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers turned down a uh, wall for Westbrook uh, and a first. Yeah, wall for Westbrook and a first. Which, quickly, they should have, but they should have countered Westbrook, THT, and a first for wall and and, uh, Gordon. Gordon. That was the trade they should have done. But, they yeah, should have. They should have done something. Westbrook in a first for Wall is bad business. I don't think Wall yeah. helps them that much. But I digress. Yeah, if you can get Wall and Gordon, that's that. You want Gordon? Who? I mean, Wall is. We'll talk about Wall, but Gordon was the. Uh, Gordon would have been an amazing buck. They had no salary. He's not going to get bought out. If he does, that'd be incredible. Not no. Happening. It's a, he still has another year. Yeah, it's just it's not happening. Uh, but John Wall, uh, he has not played this season. Do you remember? Like a couple months ago, where it's like, oh, John Wall is ready to play for the Rockets again. The Rockets are like, yeah, we're good. Damn, yeah, thanks. they're like, you're not starting if you want to play eight minutes a game. And John Wall was just like, no thanks. Yeah, like I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that didn't happen. We'll see what happens going forward. But John Wall, we like. Here's the thing: we have no idea what he looks like at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, you think good. he's better than Eric Bledsoe? So could still be true. Do you still stand by that? Yeah. Yeah, are you only standing by because I just brought it up right now? No, I think he probably still is. Um, I think the buyout chances are low. We probably won't know. We probably won't get an answer to that until next season. But it's possible. I mean, this is the Blake Griffin situation. And everyone thought that was impossible until it happened. And I think how they structured that one in Detroit was they still owe him a ton this year and then nothing else. And I think he took a little bit less. So... You know, that would be the arrangement. I don't think Houston would do that unless he gave up like a substantial amount next year. And I don't think Wall would do that. I think it's more likely both sides roll into the offseason than they trade him as an expiring. Maybe they circle back to the Lakers. But um, it would be I, – I think it would be right up there with the other two guys for me. A little bit lower than Harris Dragic, but above – I think the, it's a lot lower. I, I think – I think he's above pretty much anyone else. Any other guard. Okay, that's I true. That's true. He's a he's a tier down from Dragic, uh Dragic Harris. And yeah. I think even a tier down from Bembry. Yeah, I'm saying guards only. Just oh, guards, guards only. Okay. So he's in the... Wall, I would rather have Wall than Schroeder easily. Yes, absolutely. Just purely because I don't like Dennis Schroeder at all. Yeah. Um uh, like it's it's tough to talk about this because we have no idea what he looks like. I know? mean, we saw him last year, and he was inefficient at super high volume, but still productive. And I don't think there's that much reason to assume he's going to have regressed a ton. Yeah, but like, how how much is a year away from basketball going to be? Well, I mean, I mean, again, it's like we glossed over this with Dragic because he played eight games. Is that really that? Much? I mean, we have eight games to go by. He looked relatively the same, but. Are eight exactly. games really like that much I mean, of that's a proof something. concept? It's something. Yeah, it's something. And it's not like Dragic has dealt like dealt with injury. He's obviously dealt with injury, but not to the extent that John Wall has. Yeah, but not that not between the last time we saw him play games and now. I know, but that factors into the regression. I suppose. I, I expect. I don't think he's going to be obviously you know prime John Wall, but I think I still trust that he's going to be a useful, productive player. Yeah, I, I'm not doubting that. So yeah, we're on the same page. He's probably tier tier two, tier, tier two. three. Yeah, something like that. Oh, let's say mid tier two. It'd be cool. It'd be cool. Bembry can be the top end of tier two, and then Wall. Yeah, I like that. 
All we right. should have done a tier list for this. Well, we can we we'll, we'll organize it now. So Dragic Harris tier one, tier two, Wall Pembry. Do we even care about below tier two? I mean, let's get into some names. We'll just All rapid right. fire go through yeah, some names. Yeah. Tristan Thompson. It's like would have been probably top of tier three or very bottom of tier two, but now I just don't care because they have surge. Like I don't think they're going to target a true center. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to target a center at all, He's especially fine. like yeah. you said, they have surge. They're hopefully getting Brooke back. Please get Wilson. Brooke. Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah. Uh, also, it's just like, played, what is, what he? is Tristan? Who? Uh, Tristan. And the Pacers Playboy. first game back. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, we'll see if he gets bought out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think probably. I guess it depends might go to the Cavs. It might depend if they bring back Turner or not. He'll probably go to the Lakers, I think, if he gets bought out to go play with LeBron again. But the Cavs are maybe. Yeah, just uh, just add to the laundry laundry list of washed centers who don't play. Dwight yeah. Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Tristan Thompson. It's hilarious. Anthony Davis. They put DeAndre Jordan on every buyout list because like, oh, they'll buy him out for a spot. If the Lakers are buying you out, I shouldn't say that. I actually like one guy that they're rumored to maybe buy out, but it's probably not a good sign. Uh, also, isn't DJ on a min anyway? Yeah, it's not really. A so buyout. it's not a buyout. It's, it's yeah, your like wage. You're just well, cut. <laughs> if he if he signs somewhere else, I think they could offset the salary. So I guess technically, but on a minimum, <laughs> I think they still get to right. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. But, but I, don't uh, think, let's... I don't think that's not negotiating with him though. That's just like NBA yeah, rules. Exactly. Uh, the guy I think you're talking about is Kent Bazemore. Yeah, it's like that uh, tier three, tier three, tier three for sure. Like, like he shot forty percent last been, year. He's been bad this season. Yeah, but he's also been on the Lakers this season. Which is fair. And like you said, 40% for three last season, which is he had a productive stint with the Golden State Warriors last season. Uh, so it's just like, you know, fine. Like, if you, if you want to take a chance, have another Rodney Hood on your bench, sure. No, that's dis- disrespectful to Big Rod. If you want to have another Shemi Ojale on your bench with the chance of, you know, maybe having some production, sure. Why not? I think he's closer to Hood than Shemi, but he probably is in between the two. Also, I want to take a victory lap here. Of course you do. I was laughed at for having Malik Monk on the top of my MLE list. Malik Monk is good. You had him above Bobby Portis on the Bucks free agency board. Post-Brook injury. That's why I laughed at you. Having him near the top on that list looks pretty good right now. He also missed... The majority of this season. He's played 51 games. Am I, oh, wait. I'm thinking of Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Well, I've never liked uh, Kendrick Nunn. Malik Monk has played 51 games, 13 a game, three rebounds, two assists, 47% from the field, 40% from two, 56% or 40% from three, 56% from two. He's good. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. That's not fine. Better you can take Bobby. a picture. Not better than Bobby. I'll take the L yeah, on see, that part of it. He was, the, he was the number one target on your list. You're like above Bobby Portis. Who do we want? Malik Monk. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah, it would have been really bad now, obviously. Yeah. So I'll I'll let you. I shouldn't I shouldn't be me. You should you should have a mini victory lap. A mini, yeah, it's like a it's a half. It's a partial victory lap. Um we kind of talked about Schroeder already. I do think his production would help. I also think, like Adam passionately said, go listen to the trade deadline pod if you haven't already. Um he probably does hijack the team in a in a very negative way as well. Yeah, just just we don't we don't need that type of energy in here. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, who else? DJ Augustine reunion. I just can't see it, dude. 
got waves. Uh, he was better make... that that last year in Houston than he was in Milwaukee, but now he was bad again. It's a low year. bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a very low bar. He was not great in Milwaukee. I just uh, I feel so, like the fit clearly wasn't there, so it's probably not worth trying. Like bottom of tier three, I guess. Or is he tier four? Is he just like not? Don't even. I think he's it. tier four. He might be tier four now. Uh, who else? Uh, Corey know. Joseph. Is he getting bought out? He made Hollinger's list. Um, just he's he's got a player option next year. I don't. He's pretty. He's seventh on Hollinger's list, which I found surprising. I, I mean, Kojo's fine. Yeah, he, I think he, he's tier three. He's like, yeah, he's pretty solid tier three, though. I'm not mad. He might be bottom of tier. Who else are we putting tier three? Bembry and Wall. No, no, no. Bembry's no, 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 not tier three. three. That's tier two. two. Uh, that's tier two. Uh, tier three was. Is uh, that Bazemore? Yeah. Oh, he's probably bottom of tier two. He he play. He's been good this year. Okay, so he's tier two, and then uh, Bazemore's tier three. Bottom of tier two. Yeah. He's he's treading the line between top of tier three and bottom of tier two. Yeah, and then we'll, like Millsap we'll in, is tier three and Tristan yeah, Thompson Millsap. is tier three. Yeah. I don't know. Who else could be in here? Um, I don't know. I don't even know. Sadoransky, maybe. But like, why? I would put him near the top of tier three. I think he's been bad the last couple of seasons, but... Change of scenery, being on a better team. He had some... He already really... had a change of scenery. That's why he went to New Orleans. Okay. I'd say, I, I don't know. I'm out. I don't, That's fine. don't need that in my life. Him or Ken Bazemore, though. Neither, really. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Kevin Knox. We'd rather play, up on rather play Thanasis like 25 minutes a game. Ke- okay, we don't have to do that. We can play him. Would you 15. rather play Thanasis 25 minutes a game, or would you rather play... Uh, Sadoransky 25 minutes per game. I know they're not comparable players, but just saying. That's tough. I think the Nasus is better. I just don't think the Nasus can play more than 15 minutes a game reliably. So your answer is Sadoransky? No. My answer is I'm not doing this. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Knox. Can't. Would you give Kevin Knox a chance? No. I wouldn't either. What's you, the point? Would you give Jarrett Culver a chance? Eh. <sighs> I don't think he gets it's like Kevin Knox anywhere. in the Western Conference. I think he's a little better than Kevin Knox. I think Kevin Knox is just straight up a two pack of ass. But Culver, I'm a little intrigued by still. But not I think very he's much. just he's like Kevin Knox who didn't play in the Knicks marketplace. So everyone's like, oh, maybe he has something. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I want to talk about G League guys because I think that's the other answer. Yeah, I think there's probably going to be some G League guys out there. Um, and actually, I, I mentioned before the pod, I was going to surprise you with a question as a segue to do this. So last night, I was at the Ignite Herd game here in Oshkosh. So got to see some NBA prospects up close. And before we talk about the G League guys, probably just a couple who are on the Herd, do you think the Bucks are actually going to use their pick this year? This is a year that they have their first. They're not going to swap, obviously, unless New Orleans has a bigger brain fart than usual. So do you think they actually use it or do they just trade it on, on deadline day, which has been their trend the last time they used a first Dante DiVincenzo? I think they do. I really think they do. They got to get some sort of young guy. Cost controlled <laughs> rotation player would be massive. You have to. You like have they, to. At they, this we're point. seeing it this year with how thin the Bucks are. Yeah, you have to get someone on a rookie contract who can actually be like somewhat playable. And it's you have 
better chance of that in the first round than you do in the second round. And they don't have a second round pick this year because they forfeit it in the, uh, in the uh, tampering investigation in which they, they were not they have found guilty now, of tampering. Oh, they might. You're I right. I think they do. I'm going to check future drafts detail, but they've they've got seven total that are tradable. So I, I think one is a 20. Their own second round pick yeah, is not is a thing. This draft is only going to have 59 picks, by the way, because the NBA. Picks. Oh, yeah. Miami it's only going to have 50. Yeah, 58 picks because the NBA did not find evidence of the Bucks tampering. They I'll still never get over second. that. They don't have a second. Um, their earliest is 2023. And they all have 2024 and then another in 2025. So they yeah, they're only slated to have one pick, and it's a first round pick, which is pretty nice. Yeah. So I think I think they do use that pick. I hope so. So a couple of very quick guys. That's that, not an answer. What do you mean? I hope so is not an answer to yes or no. Oh or an answer to they would would I they think- use it or not. I'm actually, I don't think they do. I bet they trade down. I bet they trade to an early second and then future seconds or something. But we'll see. I, I, I would hope they do too. But my, Just use a pick, John. I know your first round history isn't great. but <laughs> We don't have that much to go off of. Exactly. Actually, you know what's fun is this pick will actually be pretty good for Buck standards because they're not having a great regular season. Yeah. Because this isn't, like the, and maybe, this isn't maybe, like the NFL. Yeah, and maybe... Uh, John Horst is actually decent. Like, look at what DJ Wilson's doing with the OKC Blue. Christ. Um, right now, if the season ended today, obviously it doesn't. It would be a coin flip if they get 23 or 24. Because it doesn't go on playoff results like the NFL. It's standings and the Bucks. We'll see. Maybe Does they the NFL go on playoff results? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That's really dumb. I, I don't. I don't hate it. But the because the NFL postseason can be so fluky because it's only one game. Well, yeah, but I think you you know it sucks if you're the one seed and you get bounced early. It's like damn, we get the thirtieth pick and we we didn't get to go to the conference. Yeah, finals. but you also Philly. that's also your own fault for being the well, one yeah, seed and getting bounced fair. early. But yeah, that's the Shout nice thing the about Packers. the one nice thing about you know the Bucks almost certainly not being home team in the finals is the last three picks right now are all going west. Um, it's Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis is 30, 29, 28, then Miami, Chicago, then Utah, then the Bucks and Cleveland, who are currently tied in record. So if even if the Bucks do take the one seed, it's probably it's not going to be like 29 or 30. So it's a, it's an OK bottom of the first round pick. Um, I just want to go quickly a couple guys who intrigued me on the Ignite team. And I don't think they'll take an Ignite player. I bet they would take an older player. But Michael Foster Jr., Milwaukee area. A big guy, an explosive big guy with some pop, more of a bruiser than you're used to seeing. Probably not a great fit, but would be fun because he's from Milwaukee. Um, he's mocked around the end of the first right now, but there's a lot of time. But the guy who I'm really intrigued by, not even mocked in the first right now, I don't think. Scoot Henderson. Guy's name is Scoot, and he scoots, man. He's explosive. I think he's like 6'1", but it looks to me like he's way longer than that. He looks like he has long arms. He can shoot a bit. He can score. I think he was their second leading scorer uh, in that game. So keep an eye on Scoot. Scoot would be a fun gamble for the Bucs if they did take him. Um, maybe that would have to happen in the second round. Maybe it'd be a trade down. Who knows? But I like Scoot. I'm with Adam in just draft a point guard. Scoot. Yeah, that's what, like that's what I'm talking about after you talk about Scoot Henderson. Like just just take a guard that's like actually a point guard and not like a go forward in a guard's body who you want to make a point guard who's not actually a point guard. Shout out to uh, number zero for the yeah, – shout out to – no, I was saying number zero for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, uh, 
uh, or MCW. Yeah, I guess that works too. <laughs> um, should we MCW potential buyout? Bring the band back. Is he? He's got know. ankle surgery in August. He's just gone. The Dante. He pulled a full Dante. Yeah, he's ahead of the timeline though. I mean, if he can play right now, it'd be not. It probably it'd be tier three. Or C. I think did tier three. Did we do numbers or letters? We did numbers. numbers. Yeah, tier three. <laughs> tier three for sure. But no, like the G League guys could be an intriguing option for buyout. But uh, who were you thinking for the G League guys? Like, obviously, uh, I know Tuck has been a good Tuck, option. Tuck is my my number. Gabriel. One. Yeah, Wendy and Gabriel would be a nice option too. They're all in Oshkosh right now, um, and they were as always. There were Bucks people in attendance at the Ignite game. Of course, some of that is to scout the Ignite guys, but there are. Weren't there more spots. than usual? Weren't there like seven box ops guys there? Um, I didn't. I, so I was up top for this one. I wasn't courtside, so I didn't get the seat, but I did see a lot of them, but I did not see more than usual. Actually, yeah, I saw a few guys there. They had a few guys there. But I, again, it's like you can't point to that and be like, oh, they're looking at herd guys because it's the Ignite game. It's like it's a chance to literally scout draft prospects at your G League team. Why would you not? So, um, but I did. So I talked to Chase on Allen after the game. He said he's pretty confident he's going to lose some of these guys to 10 days, not with the Bucks necessarily, but just with the open roster spots. Like the herd, it sounds like, are expecting this, which makes sense. They've already had Wendian's been called up before this season. Tuck's been called up before this season. Um, I would expect that to continue. Apparently, Jalen LeCue has gotten offers but is not interested. He would rather stay and focus on development. He's, he feels like that's more important than a 10-day where there's no consistency or promise beyond the season. So um, we'll see if he gets an offer or not. Um, and I respect that betting on yourself. Well, yeah, honestly, I don't think it's a terrible bet um, because not just for LeCue because, you know, he's a, a great player. I think we'll see. He's looked good this year as a lead ball handler, but um, like what, what do you really gain from a typical 10 day this season? Exposure. But do you? You know, is Jalen LeCue getting called up and starting? Maybe at one point in the year, but right now? Or is it like emergency depth? You Probably I mean? emergency depth, yeah. Like, it's just like, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea when you look around and, you know, Wenyan's been on, I think, two different 10 days. I think Tuck has been on two different 10 days this year. And I don't think it's a bad bet to go for those either and try to win a spot. But more often than not, those guys do just end up back in the G League with, you know, two weeks of interruption in their season. So I, I don't hate if you're really focused on development, like prioritizing that. I'm sure the herd don't hate it either. It must be nice to at least have one guy there all year if he is there all year. Um, we'll see. He didn't rule out signing somewhere. But I think Tuck for the Bucks makes the most sense. I think positionally he's kind of like a smaller pet in that he's a little guy who plays up. I mean, not little. He's like 6'4". But he's strong and he can body bigger guys. He's a really bouncy. good rebounder. Very bouncy. The shot is a little inconsistent, but he gets to the rim well. And I think, you know, this obviously doesn't dictate everything about Bucks team building. I do think it would be cool for a guy who's played exceedingly well for the Herd in two different seasons over three years. I think a guy like that should get a shot with the Bucks at some point, and this is the ideal point. There's really no downside to giving him a 10-day. You can still have the open spots, excuse me, for Dragic or Harris or whoever else, Bembry. Um, I think he or should both, get a shot. Or all three. Or, or all three. Um, Speaking it into existence, Ty. Yeah. And I honestly, I like Lindell Wigginton. I think he's a good bet on the two-way. 
I do think Tuck is better, and I would rather see Tuck get get minutes than than Wigginton. Um, especially the Phoenix game was a little rough. Had some nice plays, but I would I think Tuck, he was also guarding Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a non ideal situation for sure. Um, Tuck has more NBA minutes than Wigginton even now after Wigginton's Bucks tenure. Um, I would like to see Tuck get a shot, and Gabriel would be fun too. If you want like more of that, if you want to, you know, if Bembry falls through, he might be right up there in terms of options for the four. Yeah, that's why that's why I mentioned Wendon Gabriel's name in the sense that if you want to get more of a bigger wing type guy, because like Pat, it's hard to replicate Pat's production because it's like, you know, it's like a guy, a smaller guy who plays up like that's difficult. That's really difficult, especially for a guy like Rajon Tucker. It's going to be a little more difficult to translate that. Wendon Gabriel's already just bigger. And he's used to playing up. He's been playing a lot of five with the herd. I know you've talked about that a lot. And it's just like he's he's used to sizing up, and you don't even need to size him up that much. He'd probably be sizing down with the Bucks, honestly, from what he's used to playing. Like exactly, he's been a five in the G League. He would not be a five with the Bucks now that they have surge at least. Um, yeah, I would like that a lot. And you know what you could do if you don't like. I think one option for them is converting Mamu, assuming they're they're high enough on him, which I think they, they would be, to a, a, an NBA deal. And then you could sign either Gabriel or Tuck to the two-way and have that. And that's even more flexibility. Um, or, of course, you could move off of Wigginton if, if they wanted to and then just have those guys on a two-way as well. Um, but either way, I think finding ways to give some of these herd guys a shot would be really cool. I think those two are the most likely. Maybe LeCue, though. He's, he's played well. Um, but it doesn't sound like he's that interested in the throwing down. Yeah, he had a, a top dunk right on ESPN, a top ten play or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, that that would be fun. But Tuck brings that too, um, and I think the Bucks would like the size. Although with George Hill out, they do need guards as well. Which is why you got to get Goran Dragic. Yeah, seriously, I think that the main takeaway from this is. Like heard guys don't get Goran Dragic. Would be fun. Go get Goran Dragic or Gary Harris if he does get bought out. Yeah. Um, oh God, it'd be, it's it's all on Dragic. Like, I don't know. I I want to talk about Dragic again for a second. Like, okay, if you if you're really considering the Lakers, you're not serious. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You, you're not a veteran who wants to win a ring. If Are you, you serious? Want to sign if you're considering the Bulls, I mean the the Bulls are way better than the Lakers. Fair. The Bulls have a shot of doing something this year. The Lakers have zero chance of doing anything this year. Yeah. Don't make don't make Bulls fans upset, Ty. Why not? Stay out of oh. stay out of Pfizer if you don't want me to make you upset. It's annoying. I don't like watching the home games. It's not, it's not their fault. Well, I mean, they're the ones doing it. It's not. I mean, I'd probably do the same, but they are the they're they're. I think they're that's not, I think there. that's more on Bucks fans, Ty. Yeah, I think it is too. I don't know. I don't want to hate the Bulls this year. The Bulls are fun. I don't care for them. <laughs> maybe I have a friend. I have a friend who's a Bulls fan. So well, I mean, why. it's like now. I mean, I don't want to be mean now because now it seems like the year is basically falling apart anyway. They they were annoying in in their high point when they were like, "Oh, we're gonna win the East" or whatever. Um, but now it seems like they're just sad. So yeah, I, I won't pile on. <laughs> it's a mercy. Yeah. Shout out Sean Mendes. Uh, Okay, that's as you like to say. That's how we know it's it's time to wrap up. If we just what is it's a song? I know. 
It's not that we've had much worse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But I just, I think the, the phrase shout out to Sean Mendez seems that we're on the way. <laughs> you, I mean, you you're probably on, on No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, let's wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Please leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're subscribed on that podcast platform of choice. Make sure oh. you're subscribed to the Substack. Make sure you're subscribed think, to YouTube. I think we've got one. I know. I was about to say, Ty, yeah. do we have a review? We do. It's a good one, too. Um, Q212, I believe it is. Um says it's a five star rating of course headline five if you like the bucks you'll like this pod that's wow i mean that's that's a good that's a good selling point it's a good endorsement i might tweet this one this is this is strong the best compliment i can pay a podcast is that it sounds like a group of friends chatting on their couch about something they really enjoy and know well it means there is chemistry and fun and that's what you'll get with this pod if you like the bucks Give it a listen. Tremendous review. Thank you. That is a great review. Thank you very much uh, for that review. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, it's another chemistry one. People see the sparks flying, man. And they didn't specify. This includes Adam and Jordan and all four of yeah, us as so well. They so might not even be talking about it. Yeah, they might not care about us at all, <laughs> which is fine. They might say like, oh, yeah, Adam and Jordan, they have great chemistry. I don't know about these two. Uh, I'm subscribed to the feed just for winning six. And that's why GSPN was for. It's a win-win. It is a win-win. Make sure you listen to Adam and Jordan on the feed as well. And guess what? Like I mentioned, that's why GSPN was formed. It's all on one feed. Uh, Thank you again for that review. And we do read these reviews as evident by us reading that review. So make sure you leave one. It helps us out a lot. So thank you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for all the continued support. Uh, Pod Random, go Bucks, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.